The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. And now for something completely different. Hey, I was, I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm in three Halls of Fame. For the young fans, it, they don't give a damn. They just give a damn about themselves and what they're hearing now. And I got no problem with those rules. I know the rules going in. I'm happy to play the game that way. And when Ivan came off with that uh, knee drop from the top rope and he pinned me, I thought that something happened. I couldn't hear a thing. You could have heard the pin drop in that arena. It touched me so deeply that when I went in the dressing room, I really felt depressed. I'll tell you that, I'll tell you right to his face. If it's Hogan and I, if he wanted to get in a real street fight with me, trust me, he would lose, and he knew it. You know, that's the other thing. They give you the belt, and they're like, okay, you're in charge of me. I was like, what? When you mentioned a guy like Harley Race, that kind of legendary status, it's obvious why people would get upset. Or as I'm concerned, Roddy Piper was not a wrestler. He wasn't even a good worker. If he had to go out and work his way to the top and not have good friends like Jim Barnett. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not a good guy. He's just not a tough guy. Bro, I swear to you, I don't have an ego. Like, I don't give a crap. I, that stuff is not important to me. People don't know me. They have no idea of who I am. They know of me as being a fictional character that they saw on TV. People didn't understand that, you know, the guy they saw in the ring that happened to be using his real name and happened to actually be the president of the company, they really believed that that guy that they loved to hate was actually a pretty decent guy. And I think many people have the perception that I really was that character. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling. Galley here in San Antonio, Texas. We're eagerly awaiting the debut mixed martial arts fight for Thunder Rosa. You've seen her on NWA Power. You're, I'm really excited to see what's going to go happening. What's going to happen inside that cage? Now you're still going from into the fire, from into the cage. What's yes. your mindset right now? Right now, just trying to stay calm. Just like as you guys see me, like thinking about what's going to be my strategy, um, and um, just trying to stay calm because if once you start getting anxious and very, very nervous. That's when you lose all your stuff and you start getting tired and adrenaline rushes and that's not good. You've had an enormous amount of support from people all over the world, all over social media. They seem to have your back. Has that added a lot of pressure going into this fight? A little bit, but um, I'm just really excited to be here today and this is a humongous opportunity. Thunderosa, ready for the fight in the cage and in the ring. Hello and welcome to another feature episode on the two-man power trip of wrestling, a part of our feature interview series. I am JP John Paz. Chad is on assignment. Now as far as this week, we are promoting NWA Hard Times, a big pay-per-view coming up January 24th on Fight TV. Go to fight.tv for more information. You can also go to nationalwrestlingalliance.com for more information on the card of Hard Times, which you will see a new and brand new spanking beautiful belt as well, but you'll see a brand new NWA television champion crown. This episode of the feature series is Joe Galley, none other than the voice of the NWA. And Joe has so many great things to talk about. Not just focusing on that beautiful belt and the new TV champion that's about to be crowned, but also about the hard time pay-per-view itself and everything involving the NWA. We talk a little bit about Jim Cornette. We talk a little bit about Stu Bennett. We talk about Tim Storm. We talk about Nick Aldis. talk about Sweet Charlotte and the beautiful belt that that is, the 10 pounds of gold. We go into a whole myriad of topics here, and Joe is such a great guy with such a great knowledge of wrestling. I just love what he's been able to do as the voice of the NWA, as the guy kind of carrying the NWA from behind the desk and really kind of putting the guys over and putting the talent over and really making the NWA, 
even more special. The announcer is very, very important. You saw it with Jim Ross. You saw it with Gordon Soley back in the day. I mean, Lance Russell, the, the Tony Schiavone with WCW. I mean, the list goes on and on. And Joe Galley is going to be very well associated with the NWA as they make their rise through this huge 20-year plan with William Patrick Corrigan at the helm. So again, Joe Galley, the NWA lead play-by-play announcer. We talk about a little bit of his background as well as far as being a reporter, as far as being an Emmy News Award-winning reporter as well. So great stuff from Joe, as you would expect. But of course, like I mentioned, Hard Times, the pay-per-view January 24th. You can get it on Fight TV. Go to fight.tv for all information. And also check out nationalwrestlingalliance.com. I am going to throw it over right now to the voice of the NWA. He is none other than Joe Galley. Dream not yet off to Orion His drone blood kin And the hills sing prayers of America It's hard times we're in It's hard times It's hard times It's hard times It's hard times Gentle voice you'll hear Is one you cannot know to fear The kindest cut draws blood From filth Is what fades It feeds the toil of all in men No buying sweeps them from him It's plucked by poison quill But don't stand still now is an Emmy Award winning news reporter, a news reporter for News 4 in San Antonio. And of course, the reason we're talking to him today, he's the NWA lead play-by-play announcer. He is Joe Galley. Joe, welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What's good, John? How are you? Doing very good. And of course, you know, it's great hearing you on the NWA. Every week, YouTube, NWA Power. What it kind of been your overall thoughts of NWA power thus far and how the NWA is doing. You know, we've had 13 episodes so far on power. And uh, I think they, especially the last couple have just really been real barn burners. Uh, And I I think that we're just going to continue to grow. Uh, I think that our show has really surpassed a lot of people's expectations, even our own expectations when we first started airing and we first saw the first two, three, four, five, broadcast that that went out there um the way it looks the way it feels and the response from people has uh gone much further than what i think most people were expecting and uh i think we're going to continue wave riding this wave of momentum uh i know that we've got a uh, very few uh seats available for our next taping uh i think the pay-per-view itself uh hot times is already sold out and uh depending on when you're listeners are listening to this, I, I would venture to say we'll probably sell out of the other two tapings uh, very quickly. And we're getting people, you know, not just from the Atlanta area, but I mean, we have fans that are flying in internationally to come and watch NWA power. And I, I just think it's it's such an incredible thing to be a part of and to watch it grow from, you know, the very, very beginning in the 10 pounds of gold series to where we are now. It's, it's fantastic. Such growth. It's amazing to see what Billy's kind of been able to do. And, of course, January 24th, you mentioned a big pay-per-view, Hard Times, available on Fight TV. That is Fight.TV, Fight TV, for those uh, unaware. And it's going to be a big pay-per-view, going to crown the NWA TV champion. What have kind of been your thoughts on bringing back the NWA TV title? Boy, isn't that a pretty belt? I love it. 
It is great. It's so nice looking, and I love it. And there's so much history that's tied to it. And you think of all the guys that have held that title, and, you know, it, it shares a lot of similarities with the guys who have held Sweet Charlotte. But it's this it, it's really bringing back something that I think kind of been lacking for a little while. And to have to bring that television title and to have it in the spotlight in the way that it really deserves to be with, like, the really – the upper echelon of talent that we have on NWA Power, I think it's what that the title deserves for one, based on the history of that you have with that title. Uh, but it's also what the fans deserve to see. Uh, you know, I spent many years uh, doing commentary for David Marquez's uh, program, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, which mm-hmm. is still going very strong, and uh, they actually just. Uh, are going to start airing episodes out of uh, the ABC station in San Francisco. So I'm very proud for all the guys out there that are still on that program and are putting that together week after week. But what I think was so great about that program is the entire time I was there and until now, uh, they've had the, the Heritage Championship, which is sort of their big main championship, and then they had the television championship. And I could tell you calling the matches that I did there for several years – those television championship matches were fantastic. And we got fantastic guys to come in and work those matches. And a lot of guys that are all over the place, and you might see them in NWA Power. You've seen them in other places like Ring of Honor and whatnot. Uh, and so you, when you have that thing that this is our broadcast and this is our broadcast championship, it just puts a whole different focus on it. And it really gives a lot of guys something else to fight for, which is what we really want. Very, very cool. I love that it's the you know, the old school TV title. Everybody remembers. Everybody can see. It's so cool, and it has that history. It has that old school feel. And obviously, so does the studio, the GPB studios in Atlanta, Georgia, obviously being in Atlanta. It's a huge part of, of kind of what's making it so successful is that old school feel. And those old school fans are dying for that. I think it really is. Um, I think well, I think it's a combination of a couple of things. One is that you've got a lot of people out there that um, want that old school feel, and uh, we're definitely delivering that. You can go on the WWE Network and watch Georgia Championship Wrestling and see the similarities that you can see from that program and the program we have today. It's, it's, you can see it pretty clearly. Um, but then again, you've got a lot of other fans out there that just want something that's different. And that's one thing you could definitely say about our program is it's very different than what you're typically seeing on Monday nights or Wednesday nights or Friday nights. And that's not to disparage anything of what the other guys are doing. I love what all the other, you know, industry is doing right now. I mean, whether it's WWE or whether it's Ring of Honor or whether it's uh, New Japan, especially right now, making all the moves that they're making, in, in, uh, especially here in the United States, it's all great. But we're offering something that's very has a very different look, a very different feel, and it's really pulled in a lot of people to it and resonate with it. And I think the thing that helps it too is that with the studio format, our shows are you know a little less than an hour for the most part, and it's digestible, and you can watch it whenever, and it's easy to watch it. It's it's free. You don't need to have a credit card and sign up or anything like that. Everybody can, you know, go on YouTube for free. They can make an account with YouTube and it's free and you can watch it anywhere you want at any time you want. And it's easy. And I think the the fact that it's easy to do and the product is so different is really propelling us and really growing our fan base. I mean, every week I'm getting new people that are following me on social media and a lot of them are coming from places like the Netherlands or Italy or India and, who knew that, you know, all these folks out there were, were waiting for something like our program. That's really cool. A lot of worldwide fans. And I think it's very, you know, it's very different, obviously, the feel, the look, everything. But it is that old school thing that the fans kind of clamor for and they want. But as far as the announcing, always was great, obviously, with Jim Cornette and yourself was great. But now with Stu Bennett joining the crew, I feel like somehow – and I've, I actually talked to Tim, uh, Tim Storm recently about this. Somehow it's different, but it's still just as good. It's interesting because you didn't expect that from Stu Bennett. He only had a little bit of experience doing color commentary. But what do you think about Stu Bennett? Well, Stu Bennett actually had a lot of experience doing commentary way back in the day uh, over in England with the programs over there. 
so he's, he's no stranger to putting on a headset and calling action. And it, I was so impressed with the fact that we had such immediate chemistry when it came. Cause I mean, uh, we both came in, uh, it was late at night. So we didn't even get a chance to see each other like the day before, which I would have kind of liked, you know, just sit down, you know, put, you know, down a pint of Guinness together and just kind of chat a little bit that way you kind of feel things out, but we didn't even get that opportunity. So we had, you know, a few hours throughout the day doing prep work and we kind of talked back and forth and uh, we kind of, you know, faith calling matches or something for a little bit, just for a few minutes. And we kind of just decided, all right, you're going to do these parts. You'll do these parts and blah, blah, blah. But then as soon as the light went on, I mean, bam, like it was just there. And I mean, the guy's a total pro and uh, it's fantastic working with him. And I think everybody was really impressed with what he had to offer. And I mean, everybody's, you know, there, he was put in a position that's in all honestly a little bit awkward because you're coming into a, uh, a position taking over for a guy who's arguably the best at talking into a microphone that there ever is, uh, that there ever was on the planet Earth. I mean, you, you could say whatever you want about Jim Cornette and the things that he says and the history that he's had and the controversies that have been surrounding him, but man, can that guy talk. And he can call wrestling, especially from that color position. So Stu had to go into that, you know, knowing that that was going to be, you know, the spotlight's going to be on him a little hot. But, boy, he just knocked it right out of the park. And he's so good. And I know, and you'll hear, and you'll actually hear it right now because I'm going to hit the mute to cough a second. All right, sorry about that. Um, You know, I had some real bad laryngitis towards the end of these tapings and he really had to jump into the driver's seat cause he had to, and he had no problem doing it. So I think it's great. I think what we've seen is it's only going to get better and I can't wait to, to call the pay-per-view in this next round of, uh, uh, NWA power tapings. As far as Jim Cornette, do you think that, you know, I don't want to get into the politics of it and all that, the backstage stuff. I mean, who cares about that? Or, you know, let's move on past that. But you think that that took away at all from the show? Because everyone kind of kept talking about him. They weren't t- talking about the show. Now it seems like the focus is back on the show. Did that take away at all from NWA Power? I, I think it did for a little bit. And I think what it did is it, it you know, it, it put our show in a negative light. And uh, nobody wants that, especially the people who are at the very top. Um, and so, the decisions were had to be made that were made and, you know, and uh, I wish the best for Jim. I mean, obviously the NWA power was not the first time I worked with Jim. We were working together at the 70th anniversary show and we also worked the Crockett cup together. And, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time talking to Jim and, and learning from Jim. And my guy's an absolute encyclopedia of professional wrestling. But uh, at the end of the day, I think we really have bounced back from that lull that we hit after the Jim Cornette situation and you had so many people going on social media saying, you know, we're, we're not going to watch this program anymore and blah, blah, blah. I personally believe a lot of those people weren't watching the program in the first place anyways. Mm. And uh, so we were getting a lot of negative social media stuff as justified as it is uh, from folks that probably weren't our fan base anyways. And if we have lost people that were just hardcore Cornette fans, and they were only watching the prog- program because of Jim Cornette, then, okay, guys, enjoy the podcast, you know, Call to Cornette every week. It'll be great, and you guys will be fine, and, that, and we'll just make new fans. And we've done that, and we've done that, and we've, we've bounced back from that, I think, quite well. Yeah, Into the Fire was a very popular pay-per-view, but so far, according to what we're hearing, Hard Times is going to be even more popular, and, and, and are starting to gain that traction again, are starting to – gain those fans are starting to get some attention. You know, you feel, like you said, you feel the momentum swinging. You feel everything's kind of headed in the right direction. I really do. Um, And I think especially after like the surprise we had this past week with at the very end of the program, who's the third man on the team. And here comes big pop of pump Scott Steiner down the stairwell I mean, people are, I think they're really excited for the surprises that we have in store for them. And, you know, you know, a lot of the guys that are involved in the television title uh, tournament, but there's still two open spots that are going to be people who have not been featured on NWA power as of yet. And I think people are really excited to see 
who we could bring to that table because it could be potentially anyone. I mean, you look at, you know, we've got, you know, the Rock and Roll Express. You've got Ricky Morton, Robert Gibson, and these guys are going just as hard as they were when they were in their 20s. And so the, 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 the options out there are fantastic right now because there is such a huge talent pool of people who are fantastic workers and they're fantastic on the mic and maybe they don't have a good fit in a particular organization, but they can come with us and they can thrive. And I think that that you, what you're really going to see coming up with hard times is some really big surprises. I think that's, what's really driving people to make those pre-order buys now. It's going to be a huge, huge show. It's so cool. What do you think about, Nick Aldis as NWA champion. It seems like he just keeps getting better and better. He seems like the perfect fit, seems like the perfect guy, but what's your take on him? Nick Aldis has really had, look, he walks the walk and talks the talk and everything that he says is legit. Uh, You know, we have, uh, as far as the storyline goes on NWA power, obviously we're not eye to eye with a lot of things, but if you just kind of look at it from an analytical perspective, from the point to where the feud started with Tim Storm on the 10 pounds of gold series to where we are today, that doesn't happen without Nick Aldis. It doesn't happen without the Aldis crusade where he defended it in the championship in 20 different countries or whatever it was. Uh, It's, it it doesn't happen without him. He's a monumental talent. Um, He wears the 10 pounds of gold proudly and If you go and you listen to the cold open of our last episode, uh, there's a line that I use there when I'm interviewing Ricky Morton that Nick Aldis wants to be on the Mount Rushmore of the greatest world champions of all time. And I think that is true. And I think that he wouldn't mind it if he was in all four of the spots. That's how much he wants to be the best of all time, what he is. And Nick Aldis is the kind of dude that has the drive to get there. There are people out there that, you know, you got talent and, you know, you can hit the gym as much as you want, but it's about having that drive that pushes you forward to make you want to hold on to the 10 pounds of gold and then hold it in such high regard and get the respect that that deserves. I'm Nick Aldis is the guy to do it. And I got to tell you, I don't know who's going to be able to take that championship off him. I think Tim Storm had the, the best chances of re, as of late, uh, and that came up short. And then Ricky Morton, of course, also took him to his limits there. But, you know, it's – whoo, man, it'll be interesting to see where we go. And, I mean, like I said, we always get surprises, so you never know what's going to happen. But, I mean, Nick Aldis is the guy, and he's the guy because he's going to fight and he's going to claw and he's going to try to stay the guy. When you're the lead play-by-play announcer for the NW, obviously, you know, that's a, it's a big uh, pressure spot to be under. There's a lot of uh, old-school fans watching you, a lot of new-school fans kind of coming and wanting to see what this product's all about. What do you think about your role as you know, the lead voice? I mean, you're the voice of the NWA right now. One, it's super flattering, um, and it's kind of surreal, you know. Uh, it, I'm, I'm still just that, you know, kid who was a fan during the Attitude Era, and you know, and at one point in my career, I was one of those, you know, sort of really bad indie wrestlers that, you know, is probably not going to make it anywhere. I was one of those guys for several years. And to be in this position now, uh, it's it's great. And I, I I've probably never worked harder at something um, as far as the research that goes into it, the prep that I do. Um, it's It's a lot. And but it's it's like it's the old saying uh, if you if you do what you love then it's not really a job you're just doing what you love and uh, I love this business and I love all the people that are associated with NWA Power and so every day that I get to go and do some research on the history of the NWA or I'm trying to think of new things to say about a particular wrestler or anything like that. Like, it really is just a privilege. I get to kind of sit there and smile and go, you know what? This is dope. This is really dope. And as far as, like, the pressure goes, you know, I'm, I think I've got some sort of weird wiring in my brain. Where I'm just one of those people where it just doesn't connect in there for some reason. 
you know, there are some people that are deathly afraid to pick up a microphone and stand in front of a crowd or whatever. And I've never had that issue, which I think is why I've been able to be successful as a broadcast journalist and also in the professional wrestling world. And I don't know if it's just a, it's just a natural thing where it, it just doesn't get to me, I guess. I've never really, I wouldn't say never, but I rarely ever get like butterflies or anything before a show or anything like that. Um, and I don't know exactly why that is. I'm thankful that's the way it is because it certainly makes life a lot easier for me to just go ahead and go and execute and uh, just do the best I can. And I have to say the vast majority of people have been uh, very complimentary of the work that I've done. And, you know, wrestling fans, on oh, those yeah, dirt yeah. Sheets, they'll, mm-hmm. if they don't like something, they'll let you know. And there's been a few that obviously I'm, I'm not their cup of tea, and that's fine. That's just the way it is. I mean, I, I, I've got personal preferences for people that I like to listen to with commentary, you know, and there's some people that I don't. And, you know, so I get it. And, you know, but at the end of the day, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to take the notes that I need to take from the office and from, uh, you know, the boys and girls in the back that have been doing this for a long time. If they've got any pointers for me, I mean, I've learned so much from everybody on that NWA power team. Because if you look at that, roster i mean there's just decades and decades of experience even if you take the the rockable express out you still have you know guys like eli drake and ken anderson and and odb and you know people have just been in this business for a very long time and even though they don't you know do commentary there's a lot they could tell me that will help me and be a better commentator too so it's it's just great as far as being a broadcast journalist and obviously, you know, touching a little bit, news reporter, Emmy award winning, it, you know, obviously working for the San Antonio news as well. Is that help you transition? Does that make you as smooth as you are as far as being able to, you know, commentate and connect with the wrestling fans? Um, you know, I think it does. And I think um, it's one of those things where one hand sort of washes the other. They have very, it's a very shared skill set, you know, and so the more you do one, the better you'll be at the other. Because at the end of the day, it's all storytelling. Whether it's, you know, I'm telling the story of, you know, the breaking news of the crime and, you know, this person shot this person or blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, I'm doing the story, you know, this is Thunder Rosa. She is a force to be reckoned with. Whether it's in the cage or in the squared circle, she's gunning for you there's a lot of similarities to just getting that story across in a way that's emotionally engaging for an audience. And so the, I think the fact that I come from this world is one of the main reasons why David Lagana and, and William Patrick Corgan put me in the position that I'm in, because then that's, that's what they want. They want that legitimacy that comes with being uh, a professional journalist uh, that, geez, now I've been doing this for almost 10 years at this point. And um, it's, I think it's really helpful. I tell you one thing, if, if I wasn't doing one, I don't see how I could be doing the other, at least not be doing it as well. And I'll tell you, there, especially when I, I don't work in my current position at uh, Channel 4 here in San Antonio, I'm covering usually a lot of very serious topics, things like homicides and arsons and fires and sex crimes and all those sorts of things. But every once in a while, I, they kind of let me play and I'll be able to do a more fun story. You know, the economic impact of the Alamo Bowl or something to that effect. And that's when I can really kind of let the commentators kind of slip into that role a little bit and have a little bit more fun with the writing and have a good time, you know, telling that story. And that's that's really when I kind of get to shine too, and it kind of gets to show both sides of that coin at the same time. So, but I think yeah, it's 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 been great that I have that skill set of both, and then I I really get to drive it on home on NWA Power. Just look at my last interview with Nick Aldis. You know, I pulled out the stack of questions that I had for him, and at at that one, I I took it upon myself of you know I've done all these interviews with Nick. He has this upper hand. I'm upset. I should let the world know that I'm upset. And so in that interview, I'm much more aggressive than I typically ever am with Nick Aldis. And I think it came through really well. So there you go. 
it was excellent. I love your chemistry together and how you guys uh, play off of each other. And now, like, you're not backing down from him. He's been kind of uh, BSing you for a little too long. So oh, yeah. Now, so now you, know, now you go back out. I, I really enjoy that because it adds, a, you know, a little dimension, a little bit of element, kind of your character that, like, okay, this guy, he is legit when he's talking, but he's also not going to just let these guys walk all over him. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I was going for. So as far as you and, and the commentating and, and kind of, you know, leading the story and kind of being the the voice of the NWA, like I said, do you see somebody as you're kind of coming through, do you see maybe not even just somebody, maybe a couple, somebody's breakout star, somebody you keep seeing on a weekly basis. Like I want to see more of this person or the fans wait till they get a load of this guy. You know, he's going to be great. Have you seen some breakout stars? Well, I'd have to say, it, it's hard to pick because we don't have too many people who aren't that sort of caliber of uh, a breakout star. There are, there have been certainly some really big surprises that fans have really uh, shown their attachment to. And um, Trevor Murdoch, I think is a fantastic example. Uh, you, from day one of him coming out and being this humble, but at the same point grizzled veteran, who's there to prove himself and he didn't have the contract and he's fighting for the contract. I think a lot of people empathized with his story. And so he immediately became this, you know, big fan favorite. And, uh, and uh, that was fantastic. And I, I think you couldn't say anything about being a fan favorite without mentioning the question mark. Um, I don't believe that the question mark was a character that was supposed to have significant legs when it was originally thought up. Uh, but now he's basically a mainstay and we're selling out his t-shirts like crazy. Uh, Cause everybody wants those karate t-shirts <laughs> and, and including myself. Uh, you know, I don't think I got one of the last taping, so I'm going to have to hopefully get one that's kind of put to the side for myself when I get there. But um you know, you never know what's going to happen, and you never know how our crowd's going to react, especially our NWA power crowd, which, you know, they're just a, their own, you know, supernova of energy. And when they decide to explode that energy out, it, you really can feel it. And um, so I think the, you also, you, you can't put anything past uh, Thunder Rosa, I think just having her as part of the show immediately everybody was drawn to her and then on top of that when we did the into the gate into the cage series i think that that just kind of compounded people's love of thunder rosa and uh them wanting to uh, they are chomping at the bit to watch her go toe to toe with allison k which has got to happen soon because that's just the fight everybody wants as far as our women's division goes i mean you're probably more likely going to see Melina, who's put herself in the driver's seat as the head of that faction. But the fight everybody wants is Thunder Rosa versus AK-47, for sure. There's no doubt about that. Thunder Rosa definitely got over huge with the crowd. Definitely is one of those breakout stars that I was thinking of. And, and of, of course, I was thinking of Question Mark as well. And then, and then a guy like Ricky Starks, I, I feel like he's got a lot of legs to him as well. Oh, Ricky Starks is fantastic. I mean, we, you know, we've had the angle where Nick Aldis is talking about, you know, this guy's my blue chip draft pick, you know, number one. And Ricky Starks backs that up. I mean, the guy is super knowledgeable when it comes to the craft of professional wrestling. He's young. He's strong. He's brash. He's got a character that, you know, some people have – feel weird about for some reason, but I think this enigmaticness that he that emits from him is actually going to help him out in the long run. And uh, I think he's fantastic. And then you've got a lot of other guys out there that are sort of the, the unsung heroes that we've had there. And I think even if you took a guy like D man, Dan Parker, who had a couple of matches, uh, he was a, he is an amazing character. He's back up in Canada working shows there right now. And if I'll tell you one thing, if you don't have D-Man Dan Parker, I don't think you have the question mark where the question mark is because D-Man knew how to work that particular angle. 
and put a question mark over to the point to where he was. So it's every person that steps into the NWA arena and gets into that ring, they're all fantastically talented people, and they're all breakout stars in their own right. And what's great is having this weekly broadcast, we're going to be able to feature them all. And it's just, it might take a little bit of time. You might not see that person for a couple of episodes, but we're sticking around and we're developing stories and you're going to see these cast of characters go toe to toe in that ring. I love a lot of like, just like kind of random things like Aaron Stevens with question mark has been great and kind of what he's been able to do kind of revitalize himself. You mentioned Trevor Murdoch revitalizing himself you think that's a cool aspect of the NWA, these guys that may be down and out or down in their luck or, or maybe even just, you know, not heard from in years. Isn't that kind of cool? They can kind of come back and reinvent themselves. You know, I think I forget who used the term first, but it, it, it is sort of uh, at some points it's an island of misfit toys. Like hmm. these particular people did not work in certain situations in companies like WWE or perhaps companies like Impact or whatever, or maybe their time just kind of expired there because, you know, you can only work in a certain place for so long and then you want to find and try other things. But we've been able to cultivate these people that have this enormous talent and given, we've kind of given them a little, a soapbox to stand on and maybe not as tight of a leash as they were used to. And, so when you kind of like give them a little bit of freedom and you let them stretch their wings and you let them do the thing that they know they're the best at doing, the, the outcome is spectacular for everyone. And I think that that's the, what's really great about our show. And, you know, people talk about, oh, man, I wish NWA Power was on, you know, a cable station. Like you actually had a television station or something like that. Well, when you do something like that, you lose a little bit of your power. You start putting your power into the hands of other people, other people who have to answer to shareholders, and things like that. And so that might require you to, you know, put that leash a little tighter on somebody, and then you don't get as good of a product that you want. So when people out there, and I do these interviews, and folks ask, like, hey, when are you going to see a TV deal with NWF Power? You know, I would be more than happy for us to stay where we are as long as it's profitable forever. I don't have a problem with it at all. Uh, as long as we get to keep control and as long as the people at the very top and the people like Billy Corgan and Dave Lagana, they're coming up with these ideas and they're working with the talent that we have to come up with this show that's, that's super refreshing and is really a big draw for a lot of people, you know, let's keep it that way. And so I think that that's, what's going to make us strong and what's going to make us last and, you know, see where we go from here. I do love that sink or swim kind of mentality and like the freedom you have on promos. Cause you could tell some guys really excel. Maybe some guys don't, but I love watching because you know, the promos aren't going to be scripted. You know that those guys are, are going to be like, okay, you know, maybe they're given a certain time, like, Hey, you got five minutes or whatever, but they're going to say, Hey, here it is. Go for it. See what you got. Yep. Nick Aldis, home runs physically and literally oh, always hits those home runs. Oh, yeah, and, he does like doing that. <laughs> and Tim Storm knocking it out of the park with his promos. I love that that you could tune into the show, yes, for the wrestling, but the promos kind of get you hooked. Oh, they're fantastic. And they're, they're so integral. And they're so, and they're so important to our, our broadcast. And they're, they're, you know, they're important for the legacy of the NWA. Like I mentioned, if you go, you know, the easiest thing for folks either on YouTube or on the network to go watch those old, you know, Mid-South and Georgia Championship Wrestling. And you saw just how important those promos are, you know, and especially when you take a look at the ones with Harley Race or with Ric Flair or anybody like that. And, you know, us being able to do that and to have these guys and these women who are so good at being able to pick up a mic and be believable. I mean, that's the biggest thing of all time is people just have to be able to believe you. You have to know who you are and communicate that with that microphone through that camera and to the 275-plus people that are in the arena. And you're right. I think the, the, the sink or swim thing is, is very appropriate with ours 
because we don't do takes, you know. I mean, we are live to tape, and we are going. And if you screw up, you screw up. Uh, you, we go. Just like if you were doing it in a theater, just like if it was every show was a pay-per-view. Um, so but what's great is, you know, you say sink or swim, but it's like all of our talent are Olympic-level swimmers. You don't need to worry about them sinking. They might struggle a little bit. There might be something where maybe something doesn't work or you forget a line that you were hoping to get off or something like that. But that's few and far between. And I think also people kind of identify with that. You know, they identify with the fact that somebody's thinking of a thought and trying to converse their way through it, you know, in the same way that we do during this interview or anything like that, you know. And I think that's just so special. And that's what really... It's what really draws people to our product because I think maybe some of the other companies out there, they don't, they either don't feature it, an interview or a, a promo in that way, or maybe they just don't have the faith in their talent to do certain promos like that, and so they rely and it's, you know, really really heavy into the wrestling and the people need to have a story. They need to have, they need to know who the good guy is and the bad guy is. They need to know why they care, you know. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's really cool to kind of see that you know, the you know the good guy bad guy, but the the promos the way that they're able to just do it you could tell they're not scripted you could tell they're from the heart you could tell they're sincere it's one of those things you know, maybe some guy surprises like wow like now I'm kind of hooked on the character now I want to see the you know what happens next anything happen as far as you watching some of these promos and just say like wow I didn't expect it out of that guy but now you know I am even more invested in him like wow what a great promo. You know, um, I got to say, all this stuff with Aaron Stevens has all been fantastic. You know, the early goings of the stuff and him being in the thespian from Hollywood and him coming out in the tights and then coming out and wrestling in the flesh gear with the pink neon pads and all that other sort of stuff. But him, his his concept putting himself over as this uh, fantastic act, that was all so good. And that was all, like, none of that was written on a page anywhere. That was all very, very, you know, Aaron and, and David and, and Billy all kind of coming together. And a lot of that's Aaron in there. And it's, it's, that's all, all been fantastic. Um, you know, uh, Allison Kay is, uh, does a fantastic promo. And I think maybe a lot of people didn't know that about her before our program, too. And I don't know if she's been given that spotlight and that availability to do that in other places where she's worked to get enough time to work that microphone. But there's definitely a huge amount of emotion that she's been able to pull as the NWA world's women's champion and the person who's got the target on their back and, you know, just can't seem to get ahead of Molina and all that other sort of stuff. But and you could tell that she's passionate about it. She's passionate that she's lost her friend, Marty Bell. And all of that comes through on the microphone. And, you know, I think what you're going to see, especially when we've got NWA girl power coming up and a lot of these sit-down sort of interviews and discussions that they're having, you know, at ringside that are going to be, you know, they're very revealing and they're, they're, very, uh, they're very in the raw. And I think that that's what people really like about it is the, the rawness of it. It's like it's like watching rock and roll live, you know. Yes, very cool. They they seem to be nailing a lot of things. You know, you know what I mean. Like, uh, you know, sometimes you have some missteps or something, but it seems like for the most part, NWA is in their, headed in the right direction, hitting a lot of things right. You know, executing everything kind of according to plan. And you said almost ahead of schedule, right? You're almost ahead of uh, you know where you expect it to be. You know, I think we are, you know, I, and to be honest, I'm not looking at, you know, Billy Corgan's, you know, 20-year plan and, and yeah. parts like, oh, we're here, we're there, we're there. Uh, but that is has been the discussion that they're having uh, is we didn't think that we'd have the immediate viewership that we have. We didn't think we'd get the consistent viewership. Uh, even after the controversy, we wouldn't be able to think we'd make it back and all this other stuff. So things are really going in our favor. And, uh, you know, I, it, it would not surprise me if we started to do pay-per-views outside of GPB studios, perhaps even in other states or other parts of the country within the next year or so, that would not surprise me at all. And for us to do things 
like we did with the Crockett Cup or like we did with the 70th anniversary show and sort of branch out into sort of different areas and be able to put those together in places. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're steaming right on ahead. We're going to be making a lot more content for folks. That's not just NWA power and not just the pay-per-views. We're still working on what Circle Squared is going to be, where we're having new up-and-coming talent, uh, have an opportunity to earn a contract with the National Wrestling Alliance, and uh, some other shows that are going to be put in the works. And, I mean, we're doing as much shooting as we do in that studio. We do so much in the hallways outside putting new stuff together. And I think people are going to be really excited for that stuff when it comes out. And as we head towards the wind down, we head towards the finish line, just you personally, I know you said, obviously championship pressing from Hollywood. That's kind of you know how you made your way really into the NWA forefront, but how did you really get into wrestling to begin with? Is that something I know you were an attitude era fan. Is that something you always were aspiring to get into? Nope, not at all. Not at all. Um, hold on. Sorry, I had a terrible cough. I'm getting over the flu. Um, so I was a big fan. I did the stupid backyard stuff that they tell you never to do when I was a teenager. I think mm-hmm. there's, there's, you know, a lot of American kids are all guilty of doing that. Yep. Um, but uh, at a certain point, my friend Brandon Taylor, who now wrestles as Robert Baines, uh, he works for. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling in their office, but he also wrestles primarily on the West Coast. Uh, he saw an ad in the paper, and that kind of shows you just how old I am. We were still looking at the paper at that time. And he said, hey, there's this coupon in there that's two for one at a pro wrestling school. And he was really dedicated, and he wanted to be a pro wrestler. And I was like, well, two for one, what the heck, let's go. And so we went to this, you know, professional wrestling school in Van Nuys, California called the Fit Pit, which was run by Ryan Katz, who's now uh, operations manager uh, with NXT, and uh, Brawlin' Bo Cooper, who I believe recently retired from pro wrestling, uh, along with uh, Jesus Rodriguez, who most fans would know as Ricardo Rodriguez from WWE. And uh, I went to that first class, and I was hooked. And, you know, started to get myself, I wasn't in shape, you know, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I had never been athletic at all. And so it, it really gave me a lot of discipline and grind. And I was doing that at the same time as being a full-time student at California State University, Northridge. And uh, I just started getting into it and boom, I became a pro wrestler. And then uh, a few years down the line, I get my first job and, Toledo, Ohio for WNWO. How's that for good call letters for a wrestling fan? NWO is perfect. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was too sweet. Um, and uh, <laughs> and so I went there, and I did a little bit of wrestling in the Midwest, not, not a lot. And then I got another job in Pennsylvania where I started to do – I kept doing – it's harder when you're – you know, when you're a guy like me, you know, I, you, you reporters always make the joke, not my face. That's where I make my money. And – you know, that's, that's, it is somewhat true in the fact that it's going to be really awkward for me to have a black eye <laughs> right, yeah, on right. it every day yeah. and have to explain that to viewers and stuff. So it's like you don't want to put yourself in these positions and where it's going to, you know, stop me from being able to put food on my table. And uh, so, yeah, and then eventually I got my job at, uh, at Palm Springs, California. I returned to Southern California and my buddy, once again, Brandon Taylor, bringing it full circle, he was the heritage champion there at the time. And he said, hey, they got a spot that's opening up because Todd Kennelly, who was doing commentary back then, uh, he was moving on to Impact. And he like, you, he's like, you should show up. So I drove out to the Ocean View Pavilion, and I watched one uh, taping, and I did a couple of interviews in the back. And then the next taping I was there, and I was – their play-by-play guy. It was me and Johnny LaQuasto, who's now John Quasto over on uh, 205 Live. He just called that over there. Uh, he, I think he did one episode of that. And uh, he's still working for NXT. So it's just been an amazing experience, a real wild ride. And I'm thankful to be here and to be a part of NWA Power and to be the voice of the National Wrestling Alliance. If you would have told me, <laughs> like, <laughs> excuse me, 
you would have told me, you know, five years ago, you'd be the voice of the National Wrestling Alliance, and also the National Wrestling Alliance is going to be held in super high prominence, I'd have told you you're crazy. But look where we are now, and it, it's fantastic. And I don't know where it's going to be in another five years, but I just hope to be a part of it. What do you think you're going to be in another five years? You know, you said you can't see certain things. Obviously, you still want to be a part of the wrestling business. Do you still love doing the news report? Like, kind of where do you see yourself going to be? You know, that's an excellent question. You know, and I would love to be able to transition and just kind of just do wrestling commentary full time. And I think I might be kind of close to where I'm at today to be able to do that. But on the other hand, you know, I make make very good money being a broadcast journalist, and it's very consistent work, and it's work that I'm good at. Um, And so it's kind of hard to walk away from that too. But um, it it all is going to just depend on that. I mean, it's, and I could always do both for, for basically forever, as long as you can find management that's willing to work with you. So even if I could get to the point where it's more of a part-time thing, doing more freelance for television news sort of deal. uh, So I could focus more on, doing professional wrestling on a more full-time basis for, you know, cause I, I also call for a lot of other smaller promotions here in San Antonio, Texas, uh, river city wrestling. I, I've called, I do commentary for some of their programs that they put out and stuff like that. And I've had other organizations that are around here that have reached out and I've had other organizations that have watched NWA power and they're looking for me to call their matches and they'll just, you know, email me the video and I'll do it from home, you know? So, there's definitely the market out there for me to just kind of do commentary, which is fantastic. So I think I'm, I'm getting right there, but we'll just see. We'll just see what, what, what the world holds for me. And I'm just kind of an open book, and we're going to see which way the sales are, or the winds are going to push my sales. Absolutely. And, of course, NWA Hard Times, January 24th on pay-per-view. Go to Fight TV for more information. But give us one last good sell on hard times, why people should order, why they should be interested in, and why they should be interested once again in the NWA. Look, we've hit it out of the ballpark with every single one of our pay-per-views, and they've gotten exponentially better. And so even if you didn't watch Into the Fire and you didn't watch the Crockett Cup and you didn't watch the 70th anniversary, number one, shame on you. But two, I don't need to sell it because all you need to do is watch NWA Power. We have 13 episodes available for free on YouTube right now. If you wanted to binge them over the course of two or three days, it would be the best two or three days of wrestling that you'll ever watch in your life. So I urge all of your listeners, if they haven't done so already, go ahead, hop on YouTube, youtube.com slash NWA, and just start enjoying NWA power. By the time you get to where we are right now, with episode 13, especially with the big surprise at the end, you're going to want to go to fight.tv and pre-order that pay-per-view. Now, as far as yourself and, and plugs, give us your social media plugs where everybody can find Joe Galley. Sure. Uh, you know, I think the best thing is on Twitter. That has everything else is in my bio right there. So if you just go to Twitter, at Joe Galley News, that's J-O-E-G-A-L-L-I-N-E-W-S is the best place. I also have a website, joegalley.us because .com was too expensive. What's up with that? You know, <laughs> it's like so much more to get the .com, and then some other guy bought it, and it's like, oh, I'm not going to deal with that. So go America, .us, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, that's where you can find me. Yes, and, of course, every week, 6.05 Tuesdays, YouTube, check out the NWA, and also check out the nationalwrestlingalliance.com for further information on everything that is going on within the NWA. Joe, it's been a privilege to talk to you as long as you did. Awesome stuff, and keep up the good work as the voice of the NWA. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling, What the World is Downloading.